to uh, Luke 1, and we're going to finish Mary's song. Uh, if you missed the first two parts, you can listen to it if you want to. Um, but if not, we'll just pick up here, verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This is God's word. Our hope uh, for everything, Mary's hope for everything is built up on the covenants. Everything is built upon sentences that God spoke to uh, real people. Okay, so first God spoke to a lady in a garden. God spoke to a man in a wilderness. God spoke to a people on a mountainside. God spoke to a king in Israel and God spoke to prophets in exile. Right? That's that's. The history of the world is based on like six sentences God spoke, okay? That tells you where everything's going. That tells you what's going on right now. And so the, Mary says he's re, he remembered what he spoke to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And so what did the Lord speak to Abraham and to his offspring forever? Really easy, really simple, the gospel. He spoke the gospel to Abraham. The good news that Israel's God will fix what we have broken is announced long before Jesus is born, long before Jesus dies, long before Jesus resurrects, long before Jesus ascends, and before the announcement of his return is made. The gospel is preached, and it's preached first to a lady named Eve. Or we call her Eve after mankind's rebellion. Okay, so after said, "Hey, don't do this." They said, "No, we're going to do it." After that, the Lord comes down to the garden and says, Genesis three fifteen, "I will put enmity, I will put division between you and the woman, talking to the serpent, between your offspring and her offspring, and your offspring is going to crush his head, though the serpent will strike his heel." So this covenant, this, this sentence, this word from God sets the stage for the whole rest of the story, right? So if you have a Bible, Genesis is at the very front of it, okay? It's the, the beginning of the story. And the story is this, a male child would come, and though his heel would be bruised, he would crush the head of the serpent and would restore well-being to the earth and to God and man. Because in the beginning, everything was good. Man rebelled and made everything very good. Okay. All right. So imagine you are Adam, uh, you are Eve, and God has told you, hey, the answer to, to our problem, what's going to fix everything is one of your children. God says to fix everything, you need to have kids. What do Adam and Eve do? They start having kids, right? Like th this is the story. So they do this. Uh, Cain and Abel, how's that go? Not great. Okay. Doesn't work out so that they have a third child. This one's name is Seth. Seth means appointed. What is Seth appointed to do? To crush the serpent, okay? To, to, to end the curse, to, to reverse the curse and raise the dead. But you know the story, what happens to Seth? Seth dies too, and the curse rolls on. More children are had, and then along comes Noah. Noah in, in Hebrew means rest. Well, rest from what? Rest from the serpent. Rest from the curse, the reversal of death. But you know the story, what happened to Noah? He died as well. Right. People keep dying. The curse keeps rolling on. And so more children are born and more and more and more. And they multiply and multiply until they get the bright idea. Genesis chapter 11. That they should have a city too in the heavens with its top like God. And it's not good. Okay. The curse persists and they build up this tower and God does what? He looks down from heaven and goes, <laughs> scatters them people. Okay. This is the Genesis 11 tower of 
Babylon. So that's the story so far. We've got a promise that a child will come and crush the serpent's head. And 11 chapters in, 2,000 years into the story. And so far, everyone is still dying and the curse rolls on. But in Genesis 12, the promise of God, the seed of the woman destined to crush the serpent, finds a man named Abram. And God makes a covenant with Abram. Okay? God makes a promise to him. God speaks sentences to a real guy in real time and space. Okay? This is what happens. So we've got Babel. God scatters that. And you've got 70 nations now, right? Speaking different languages, doing different things. And they're given over to other gods, save one. Okay? In mercy, God chooses Abraham. God chooses Israel and his descendants as his. And this is the second promise God makes in the Bible. I will make of you a great nation, Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families, so in this one family, the other 69 families shall be blessed. So the promise is that the righteous, snake-crushing, serpent-killing seed is coming through one family, Abraham's family, to bless all of the other nations of the earth. This is the gospel. This is the good news that's preached to Abraham. Okay? So Galatians 3, chapter 8, way past Abraham, Paul says, Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, those other 69 nations, by faith, he preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you, Abraham, all the nations will be blessed. Okay? So what's the context of blessing? Right? For us, and these are, these are all actual blessings, right? If you get a good parking spot at Walmart on Christmas Eve, that's a blessing. Okay? If Nehemiah comes into the church with cookies, that's a blessing, which he did. Is, and is the nephew, did you bring a child with you too? Blessing. Okay? Those are all blessings, but in the context of the biblical story, if the curse is that Adam and Eve and all their progeny after are cursed to die, that's the curse, then what is the blessing? That you come back to life, okay? If the curse is death or the resurrection is that mankind comes out of the dirt, okay? So that's... that's in you, all the nations will be blessed. But that's not all God said to Abraham. God kept speaking. Genesis 15, after all these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, don't fear, Abraham. I'm a shield to you. Your reward shall be great. And Abraham said, oh, Lord, what will you give me since I am childless? OK, so Abraham, you're going to bless all the nations through your children. And Abraham says, God, how am I going to bless all these families if I don't have a family? OK, all I have is my servant Eleazar. When I die, I'm just going to give everything to him. But the Lord keeps speaking. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this man, Eleazar, will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. Now look to the heavens, count the stars. If you're able to count them, so shall your descendants be. Okay? So the seed of the woman from Genesis 3 now comes to Abraham. Like it's, it's not a hard story. I just want to make sure we get it. God promises this child's going to crush the serpent. This child now is in Abraham's family. Clear? Okay. All right. I know we're all hopped up on ham and Christmas cookies and some pecan thing. I don't know what it was, but I ate a lot of it. Um, so the, pro the promise comes to Abraham. So what other words does God speak to Abraham? Genesis 17, verse 6, he says, Kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between you and who? Your descendants. And after you throughout their generations, how long? How long is God's covenant promise good to Abraham's descendants? Forever. 
everlasting to be God to you and your descendants after you. I will give to you and your descendants after you. What will God give them? The land of your sojournings. Okay, God cares about dirt. The land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan. In Genesis 15, you can read what that land is. For how long will this be in their possession? Forever. Forever. Abraham, your family is going to bless all the nations and they're going to inherit this land forever. Okay, God's just really crystal clear in the promise. Blessing belongs to Abraham's family. Land belongs to Abraham's family. And the seed of the woman who will crush the serpent's head is administered to all these other nations through this one nation. Okay, this is called election. God said, I'm using you to do this. I'm using your family to fix what you guys broke. God's redemptive work for all the families of the earth, red and yellow, black and white, is going to come and and happen through an heir of of one family, okay? The heir of Abraham, of Israel. This is what Mary's thinking about when she's singing her song. And and, and you've remembered your servant Israel and shown mercy to what you spoke to the promise, to the fathers, okay? So throughout the scripture, this covenant starts in Genesis 3, comes to Abraham in Genesis 12. It begins to grow and take form and you get a better... uh, picture of what's going on so genesis seventeen six, i will make you exceedingly fruitful i will make you into nations and kings shall come from you so now it's not just a child it's not just a child from abraham's family but this child from abraham's family is going to be a, a king so you move on into the story to, to jacob who's abraham's grandson jacob gathers his sons how many sons does he have 12 okay and he prophesies okay so this is we're just Filling out the covenant. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Does that sound like Genesis 3? Your foot will crush his head. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations will be his. So the promised seed and son of Eve and of Abraham will rule, will be a king, will rule with a scepter and a staff, and the obedience of all the other nations will be his. Okay? Like, it's, this is, is the story, and this is the expectation if you're an Israelite. You're expecting a child to come from Abraham's line and the obedience of the nations in righteousness and serving God, not rebelling against God, will be done through him. This is your hope for the whole world. Because you know what happened in the garden. You know what happened with Abraham. You know these promises, okay? The expectation of Israel, the hope of the Jewish people, and the hope of all the earth, of all the other nations, is this, a serpent-crushing Jewish king. I know that's an oddly specific picture for how the world's going to be fixed, but it is what it is, okay? Keep going. The, the promise to Eve and Abraham is then re-upped uh, through the Mosaic or... or Sinai Covenant, okay? You guys have seen Prince of Egypt? Okay, or Charlton Heston, Exodus, okay? Depending on your age, all right? They go out to, the Lord delivers them through the Exodus. They brings them to uh, Mount Sinai. Now, here, we'll just do this one quickly. There, the Israelites are, are given uh, stipulations for inheriting all of these promises, okay? The land, the blessing, the seed. At Sinai, the Lord says, here's how you keep these things. Here's how you don't lose these things. Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2. Okay? Now, Israel, listen to the statutes and judgments which I am teaching you to perform so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. Okay, So easy. Follow my law. 
and you get to stay in the land. I gave it to you. It, it's, it's yours. Abraham, this is the blessing to you. Abandon my law. Worship other gods. So Israel gets Yahweh as their god. The other nations, they get other gods. It's not good. Don't worship those other gods. You worship God alone. If you do that, you get kicked out. Deuteronomy 4. If you do that, you will surely perish quickly from the land where you are going. And you shall not live long on it, but you will be utterly destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. So if you know the story of the Bible and the story of human history, is this not what always happens? Okay, Israel follows God, gets to stay in the land, and then what happens? They get exiled. Then they come back to the land. Then they get exiled. Then they come back to the land. Then they get exiled. Like this is... The, the cycle, this is what's going on. They, they've gone after other gods. They've worshipped idols. And, at, and the Lord, as their loving father, okay, because he actually loves them and cares about them and has made promises to them, he disciplines them through scattering them into exile, okay? You can think about exile as time out or the corner or whatever or the paddle. Okay, like this is this is how it works. And so this is where Mary finds herself as Jesus is born. Mary is in the land, but she's still in exile. There's not a a Jewish Davidic king ruling on the throne in Jerusalem. There's Herod. So this exile prophesied way back in Moses, way back in Sinai, is her reality. Like, this is what's going on. I don't have King David on the throne. I got King Herod, and he's not great. Okay? So the covenant promises to, to Eve to crush the snake, to Abraham for blessing land and a kingly seed, now comes to the house of Jesse, where the prophet Samuel chooses the youngest son, okay, the shepherd, out in the field. And he says, that guy's going to be Israel's king. Okay, We're just moving in the story. Now, when David grows up, the prophet Nathan declares the same promises to David. So 2 Samuel 7, he says, I will appoint a place. So there's the land. I will appoint a place for my people Israel. I will plant them that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again. Okay? This is the promise. You're not going to do the come to the land, get exiled, come to the land, get exiled thing forever. You're going to have a place to never be disturbed again. If you're an Israelite, hallelujah. Okay? So when this um, promised seed is enthroned as king, Israel will live in the land and never be moved again. That's the promise. That's what God is saying. Nor will the wicked afflict them anymore. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Okay? So first, you get to live in the land. Second, the promised seed, when he's enthroned as king, Israel will no longer have to worry about the Assyrians or or the Babylonians or the Persians or the Romans or the Islamic caliphates of the world. Like, that's the promise. Fast forward then uh, to the time of Mary's song, a song that gets less time uh, to Zechariah's song, Everyone knows Mary's song. We sing it all the time. Zechariah's song gets less airtime. Just as awesome. Okay. He says this. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, Abraham's descendants. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us. Where? In the house of his servant, David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old. So this is what he's doing. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To show mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. This is what Mary's singing about. She's singing about the promise to Eve, the promise to Abraham, the promise to Moses and the promise to David. And Zechariah picks up the same thing. It's the same thing over and over and over and over. God speaks sentences and God's going to make sure they come to pass. 
do. Here's Dave. His word's not going to return void. It's what he said would do. So Nathan keeps prophesying to um, David. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, David, when you die, okay, because the curse is still rolling on. When you die, David, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body. From the line of Abraham, okay? It's just the same thing. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom. How long? Forever. The pro- okay? Like, it's, it's the same thing, okay? So then you jump into the Psalms, David giving commentary on this covenant. Psalm 89, I've made a covenant with my chosen. This is what Helen read. I've sworn unto David my servant, your seed I will establish forever. I will build up your throne to all generations. I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie to David. Does God lie? If he does, this is very bad because he says, I will not lie to my servant David or to his seed. It shall endure forever and his throne as the sun before me. Okay, these are the words spoken to Abraham and the fathers. These are the words that the Jewish people are holding on to in their exile and in their distress. Okay, Jesus is not born, you know, in the first century, just randomly like this is the appointed time for him to come. When they're under the thumb of the Romans. And these are the same words that the angel Gabriel repeats to Mary on that holy night. Okay? Like Gabriel doesn't show up and start making stuff up. Okay? <laughs> he's been in the heavens around the Lord's throne. He's been, he's been privy to all of these words spoken to Abraham and Eve and Moses. And like he's like, Lord, are you going to do it yet? <laughs> and he says this. And just see if it's familiar. Okay, I've read a bunch of scriptures. See if what Gabriel says to Mary is familiar. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. Okay, Eve. Okay, Abraham. Okay, David. You will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, which means Yahweh saves. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. Okay, Eve. Okay, Abraham. Okay, David. And the Lord will give to him what? What will the Lord give this child? The throne. Of his father David. Kings will come from your line. The scepter will not depart from Judah. He will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. Of Israel forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary's a Jew. She knows everything said to Eve. She knows everything said to Abraham. She knows everything said to Moses. She knows everything said to David. She knows everything says to the prophets. And so when Gabriel shows up and says all this son, king, throne, kingdom forever language. She's like... All right, let's do this. Be it unto me according to your word. Because I'm tired of the Romans. I'm tired of not, I'm tired of dying. I'm tired of people going into the dirt. I'm tired of my nation not blessing all the other nations, but being under the thumb of all the other nations. Let's do this. I don't know if that's how it works, but let's have this baby. Let's do this thing. Let's let all these promises of God, these sentences God has spoken come to pass because right now, it seems like God's a liar. It just does. We've got all these words. To eat. We're still dying. Okay? Israel's not blessing all the nations of the earth. There's not a king on a throne. So, Gabriel, that's the news I wanted to hear. It's not great. We're not married yet. I'm a virgin. But we'll work with it. Okay? This is what we will do. But Mary's song ends here. Not just with rejoicing at the birth of, of the long-awaited seed and king, okay? Because that's its own thing. It ends with Mary looking at God's mercy to Israel in the past, 
God's mercy to Israel in the present and God's mercy to Israel in the future. Okay, there are promises yet to come. And so she sings or says he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Okay, so back to Moses, back to Mount Sinai. The Lord says Israel will be scattered and under the thumb of the Gentiles for their unfaithfulness. Right. That's what he said. And then he did it. Okay. Assyria came in and scattered Israel. Babylon came. We got like wife swap nation version. Okay. Babylon came in and, and, and exiled them. And then Rome comes in and, and exiles them. And, and so even as Mary is under the thumb of, of Rome, because this child is born, because of Gabriel, the messenger of the covenant, comes to her, she remembers God's promises to help and to show mercy to Israel just as he swore to the fathers. Okay? Back to Moses, Deuteronomy 4. When you are in distress... And all these things have come upon you, come upon you is bad Bible language. In the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. Who is you? Y'all, Israel, Abraham's descendants, the, the people at Mount Sinai. In the latter days, y'all will return to the Lord your God. You will listen to his voice. For the Lord your God is a compassionate God, merciful God in the ASV. Mary sings, he has remembered his mercy to his people. He will not fail you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers. The covenant to Eve and Abraham and Moses and David, which he swore to them. Like, these are the promises. These are words God spoke to real people and he watches over to perform. Hosea 2, I will make for them a covenant on that day. I will abolish the bow, the sword, the war from the land. And I will make you Israel. I will make you lie down in safety. Israel's like, yeah, let's do the baby thing. Okay? Because I want to dwell in safety. Like, and these were, like I'm just going to read more from Hosea here, and I want you to hear the, the covenant bells ringing, okay? Verse 21, and in that day I will answer, declares the Lord, I will sow, her, sow for her in the land, myself in the land, and I will have mercy. He has remembered the mercy which he swore to Abraham and to our fathers. Hosea 3, 4, for the children of Israel shall dwell many days without a king or a prince. Mary's like, yeah. Afterward, though, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. Now, when Hosea is prophesying, David is long dead. So who's Hosea prophesying about? This, this, this king from David's line, from Abraham's line, from the family at Israel, the promised king after David. That king is in Mary's womb. And the Lord, that you're gonna go, they're going to seek David their king and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness. When will this happen in the latter days? Just like Moses said. In the latter days, this will come upon you. This is the language of the prophets, okay? We're scattered. We're in exile, right? They, they, they sing the song, God, and uh, Isaiah. Isaiah asks the Lord, which when Assyria is, is, if you were here last week, doing the grand thing, right? At the door, breaking it down. And, and there, Isaiah sings, can a woman forget her child and, and have not compassion on her womb? And the Lord says, surely they may forget, but I will not forget you, Israel. See, I, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. I'm not going to forget you. I'm going to gather you and bring you in. Though I've scattered you, I will gather you. I will help my servant Israel. I will remember them in mercy. And through the offspring of the woman, through the offspring of Abraham, the offspring of David, the Lord says, I will bring everything I said to pass. I'm going to do it. I'm faithful. So the arrival of the king, this angel coming, and then on the night he is born, it signals to Mary, I really just simply... That God has not forgotten his words. 
He didn't speak in vain to Eve. Okay? That serpent really will get crushed. There's a real day where we will really not die anymore. There will be no more sadness, no more sickness, no more disease, no more death. He will come. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And you guys have shed a lot of tears. And the promise to Eve is that you won't anymore. And so I, you should care about this. You should care about sentences God spoke and, and, and got translated into English. Because it's our only hope. The words of God spoken. God has not forgotten his promise to show mercy to Israel and bless the whole world. Okay? Like, there's a lot going on in the Christmas story, but this is the main thing. He's remembered the words, the promises he spoke to our fathers, and he will bring them to pass. That's what Mary's thinking about in this song. And so the new covenant just confirms these things, right? We've got covenants to Eve and Abraham and and Moses and David, and then you read through the prophets and you get the, the new covenant, okay? We have the music team come up. The new covenant just confirms everything I've said for the past 25 minutes, okay? The new covenant is called new, but it's not really new, right? It's just the culmination of everything that God has said before. So listen to these and tell me if anything new is introduced that wasn't introduced with Eve and Abraham, and David, and Moses. Jeremiah 31. This covenant which I will make with who? The house of Israel, Abraham's descendants. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, right? Moses' law was on stone tablets in the new covenant. That law is going to be where? On their heart. And I will write it. I will be their God. They shall be my people. And I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. So in the new covenant, God remembers his words and shows mercy to Israel. Ezekiel 36, therefore say to who? The house of Israel. I will take you from the nations that I've scattered you into. I will take you from the nations. I will gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own land. Just like he said to Abraham. Just like he said to Moses. It's new, but it's not new. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. And where will they live in the new covenant? Where will they live? You will live in the land I gave to your forefathers. Just like he spoke to Abraham, just like he spoke to Moses, just like he spoke to David in the new covenant, you will dwell there and have no more enemies. So you will be my people and I will be your God. Okay. If human history doesn't end like this, God is lied. If this is not where everything is going, God is a liar and everything else he said isn't true either. But if this is where history is going. And so Advent, Christmas, Mary songs, they're, they're about the covenants. They're about sentences God spoke to real people. Okay, like, you guys are going to hopefully do, you know, do a Bible reading plan in, in, in January. When God speaks to Abraham, like, imagine you're some dude out in the wilderness. And Yahweh comes to you and says, hey, come here. <laughs> Things are bad, okay? Everyone's dying. Everyone's scattered. Things are not good. But I'm going to make you a promise, Abraham. <laughs> Through your family, I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth. Through your family, I'm going to remember the promise that I spoke to Eve to crush the serpent's head. And Abraham's response is what? Okay. (laughs) 
Christmas is about the covenants. They're about God vindicating his promises to the fathers, showing mercy to his servant Israel, not just for Israel's sake, but for the sake of the Gentiles, which is all of us. Okay. And so you, Gentile, you who are once far off, you who are once alienated from Israel, strangers to these covenants, you know what I mean? Like it. Some of you, this might have been the first time you've ever heard any of those covenants. You're strangers to them. Okay? But not anymore. You are strangers to the covenants without hope, without God in the world. The message of, of the gospel is that now you can partake in these promises. So you can, you can participate in having the serpent crushed on your behalf. You can participate in, in, in being blessed in the resurrection to live forever. Like, you get to be part of this by putting your trust... In the words of Israel's God and repenting of your sin and believing and orienting your life around a few facts, okay? Gentiles, if you can get this, you get everything. Here's the facts. This Davidic king died on a cross as a sacrifice for your sin, okay? The king promised from Eve, Abraham, Moses, David, that king died on a cross for your sins, whatever they are, okay? Whatever they are. He died on a cross for them. He rose up from the grave for your resurrection too, okay? Because the issue, the problem is, and if you haven't figured this out yet, you're really slow, okay? The problem is everyone in here is still dying, okay? Next year, you're going to be a little bit more dead than you were this year, and the next year, and the next year, and the next year, until you actually die. That's the state of things. But the promise that God made to Eve now come to you who are a stranger to this maybe 10 minutes ago. The promise to you is if you put your trust in that Davidic king's resurrection, though you die, you too will live and raise from the dead. Hallelujah. Okay? That's a fact. You've got to orient your life around. Third, he ascended into the heavens to wait in mercy before that day. And last, the main thing you need to orient your entire life around, especially at Christmas, is that that Davidic king promised to Eve, promised to Moses, promised to Abraham, promised to David, promised to the prophets, sung about by, by Mary. That king is coming back again to make good on all of these promises. That's the only thing that matters. That's all that matters. By believing and orienting your life around those things, on that day, you inherit all these promises. The blessing of the serpent being crushed, the blessing of the resurrection, and, and, and the, the worship and the leadership of that king on that throne ruling the nations. You will inherit eternal life, a world without end, every tear wiped away, and no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more death. <laughs> so if you have questions about that, okay, what it means to, to turn from your sin and trust in this Jewish king, this Jewish Messiah, this one promised and, and born uh, at Christmas. you have questions about that, you can talk to, if you're sitting next to a member of my church, they can tell you, okay? And you might get a free meal out of the deal, all right? Talk to a member of my church, you can talk to me, you can talk to any of our elders uh, when we're up here, or you can go to our website, Tonkwa CLC, and click what is the gospel. And, and But one thing you shouldn't do is just ignore it. Be like, oh, it's church, it's Sunday, we got a kids program, whatever. Please don't do that. Because he is actually coming back to make good on all of these things. The Lord has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to the fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Maranatha and, and hallelujah. Let's stand. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for your words. Thank you that you're not a liar. Thank you that you will come through on everything 
that you said you would do. God, if you promise things to Eve, you will bring those to pass. If you promise things to Abraham and Moses and David, you will bring those things to pass, God. You will do this in in your zeal and your strength and your might. And so my uh, ask, God, our, our, our cry this morning is we would just say, okay, whatever, we're, we're in, we're in. God, not on the fence, we are all in on these things. In the name of Jesus, everyone said.